Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, so what happened in the choke at the Doke? Can Willie Taggart turn this thing around for Florida State? USF has another big test, this time at Georgia Tech, another Power 5 school. What went wrong against Wisconsin besides everything? Miami is suddenly at hot North Carolina where Mac Brown has taken over and some big games to talk about with LSU, Texas, and Texas A&M at Clemson. We're talking college football with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey guys, if you're like me, it's still hot out there and your electric bill's going up and up. Mine was over $300 and that's uh, really too much money. But if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, listen to me now. May Electric Solar, that's right, they're a locally owned company. And May Electric Solar is the safest solar available. They don't use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They have a full showroom. And they're open weekdays. You can go see their products. Now, listen, May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and their peers. But there are many other companies out there trying to imitate them and use their great name. So remember, they don't use subcontractors, and they don't subcontract for any other company in any way. So everyone knows it has to be May all the way. Let's stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. If you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. Okay, folks, just a reminder, you know, tonight, if you have a chance, come see us. That's right, you can see us at American Social at 7 p.m. We're going to do a live show from there for about an hour with Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Brooks. So come out. Uh, to the uh, show, have some dinner, have some drinks, maybe buy me dinner and drinks, whatever you want to do. But you want to make sure that you're on hand for that at American Social, 7 p.m. tonight. And if you missed yesterday's podcast, go back and uh, listen to this, my exclusive interview with Bucks coach Bruce Arians. He talks about uh, his incredible journey, of course, uh, through coaching, uh, the quarterback whisperer uh, that we know, and and some really funny stories, very self-deprecating guy, hilarious at times. But a 40-minute or so interview one-on-one with Bruce Arians, getting lots of good feedback on that. Go back and listen to that if you get a chance. All right, Matt Baker joins us now. And, Matt, let's uh, before we look at this week's college football schedule, talk about last week. And you were there in Tallahassee for what is, I guess, choke at the doke. Um, look, it looked like Willie Taggart had things turned around. They had a big 31-13 to lead. They get big plays from James Blackman and Cam Akers. Everything's going great, uh, and then they completely wilted in the second half, and, and you really can't blame, I guess, in some respects, their defense on the field for 108 plays in that game. What happened up there at Florida State, Matt? Well, what's happening is Willie Taggart's had this lifelong desire to coach the Knowles, and right now he's not pleasing anybody, you know? it's uh, yeah. He's, he's just kind of... There's a whole lot of blame to go around for Saturday. I mean, some of it is the offense. It started off really well. And then once they started, 
you know, getting three and outs, they couldn't recover. Some of it, I think they went a little bit away from the run game. Some of it's Boise's defense kind of held strong and got better as the game went on. And that fed into the defense at least a little bit. Um, But to me, like, I don't want to say I saw the collapse coming, but I was skeptical the entire time for for a few reasons. One is in, in, in the first half, Boise's offense was was sustaining drives. They were they were getting field goals or settling for field goals rather than touchdowns, but they were still marching down the field until FSU would eventually get a stop. So I kind of thought that wasn't sustainable. Eventually, unless something changed, Boyd was going to break through, and and they did in the second half. Um, and, and some of it too, I still just have a lot of questions about Willie as as in a schematic guy and his staff with their X's and O's. Um, it just I haven't gotten some thoughts out of my head based on what I saw last year. And until they can kind of prove that they can make the adjustments in the second half, I think there, there's a chance of them getting out coached. And I think that's to some degree what happened on Saturday is that FSU didn't make enough adjustments or the right adjustments in the second half. And that led to kind of the, the collapse that we saw. I mean, it looked like it was going to be the perfect start, right, for Kendall Browse because, you know, he's got skill players all over the field, and they, they made some big plays, and yet um, you were right, too many three outs in the second half. Obviously, Boise State made some adjustments, and they have a talented, you know, uh, I still think the offensive line trouble showed up a little bit, uh, Matt, in that game because they had a trouble handling the pass rush. Yeah, a lot of A it, lot yeah. of it. There, there was, what, 11 tackles for loss, none in the first quarter, and 10 or 11 yeah. in the final three. I mean, yeah. so FS, that tells me FSU was able to, to work around it a little bit early. But, That's right. I mean, look at look at the touchdowns. They, they were, weren't all three of them just like, or, or weren't the first several at least breakaways? I mean, one was just Mori and Terry. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. the explosive plays. And, and if, uh, you know, the fourth and one when, when Cam Akers rushed 37, sure. 38 yards up the gut, Boise had a chance to, to tackle him and, and, you know, Cam Akers, to his credit, broke it. And the same thing with the, the Terry, the 75-yard touchdown catch and run, just some, some poor tackling there. I and mean, good, good plays by, the, the, by the, the Knowles, I'm not saying that, but just some, some broken mm-hmm. tackles there that kind of fed into things and masked the offensive line inefficiency and, and problems through, through the first half. And then in the second half, they, they couldn't make, get it together. Yeah, I think you can you can cover up for the offensive line at times schematically, and if you get those splash plays, it's great. On defense, though, if you can't get off the field, you're really going to be tested because if you know after three downs or six downs, especially in that heat, you got to sub out your starters and get into some kind of rotation, and that's sort of what what was their undoing. Look, they they hit that young quarterback. <clears throat> I got to give props to Boise State's Hank Bachmeyer. That guy was absolutely. Really uh, stood in there and looked down the gun barrel. He goes 30 of 51. I mean, first of all, you want your freshman quarterback throwing 51 times in Tallahassee, but he does it for 407 yards. Um, but I think I think he was a stud, and I don't know that they were prepared to get that kind of a performance from this from this freshman quarterback. And it, you know, the, the a quarterback's best friend, especially a uh, young quarterback's best friend, is the run game. And no doubt. to me, that's that's the other part of it. Yes. Um, you know, Bachmeyer played very well. He got hit in the mouth several times, got back up, you know, delivered some, some really nice passes. Um, but it, I was just kind of, I don't want to say amazed, but it was a little stunning to me how Boise just gashed FSU's mm-hmm. defense, particularly mm-hmm. in the second half, five yards, six yards, eight yards up the middle, that sort of yeah. thing. And and some of it, you know, again, we, we we're, we're a Florida podcast here, so we're, we're obviously focusing on FSU, but 
Boise's offensive line is really good. You know, they've mm-hmm. got a hundred something combined starts, so there's a lot of experience there. You would expect them to do to do well, but you also shouldn't expect a Florida State defense to get pushed around and gashed the way they did uh, repeatedly right. um, to, to the tune of you know 23 points in a row by Boise to come back and win. So yeah, there's there's just a whole lot of blame to go around with FSU right now. Coaching, um, offense, defense, play calling. Uh, mm-hmm. Willie suggested the other day there might be some hydration issues, which in and of itself is stunning because I, I've only lived down here for eight years, but I think summer in Florida has been hot all of them. So that is a, that, that was a stunning comment. I don't even know what to do with that one because, uh, I, again, and, and I always thought the coaches are on the wrong side of this argument. You know, there's a there's a belief that it should be an advantage if you live here, if you work here, if you train here. My personal belief is, and I know they monitor these guys or at least try to, at least that's that's sort of been the, the deal and in, in, in more and more in sports science it gets into football. Um, but I still say that if, if you're not working in it every day, you're not losing those fluids, for three hours a team from Boise can come here and probably be more hydrated to begin the game. And they're not, you know, because once you start losing it, you can't replace them within, you know, right. the, the 60 minutes or so. But that they should have been on top of that. That was a stunning admittance to me, and maybe a little bit of a blame game too by Willie, um, because you know, look, those guys got tired because they were on. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't stop the run, like you said, Matt. If they stop the run, they're not on the field for 108 plays. Yeah, some of it you can you can certainly read as a blame game. Some of it could be a legitimate. This was an issue, and we need to fix it. Um, maybe. I, I think this is just mm-hmm. one of those things where, at a certain point. In, in any relationship, in this case, coach and, and public, if things go bad, everything, mm-hmm. every little thing gets magnified and a, a little innocent comment gets construed mm-hmm. negatively. Um, mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. might have been what happened here. It's, it's no different than saying, you know what, we got to coach him better on third down. Saying, oh, you know, mm-hmm. we got to hydrate him better, too. Um, but I think the perception is that this is a, a staff that has some serious issues and Given the way last year was, given the way this opener was, I don't know who has a lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to have this seminal moment where it's kind of like, oh, we, we understand everything and we're, we're, we're good to go and, and uh, things are going to start clicking and everything's going to be going right and the fan base is going to start rallying behind him. I don't know. I don't know that that's going to happen at this point. I, I, we, it's crazy. It, you know, Willie is 13 games into his tenure, um, but it's, it's kind of hard to see how they recover from this. Well, they get a chance to recover against Louisiana Monroe. I would think that's probably the best thing for them right now. Um, can they handle Louisiana Monroe? I mean, if they don't, then everything I said <laughs> about Willie not being on the hot seat right now because of money and it's only year two and everything else. If they have issues against Louisiana Monroe, then then everything's off. off. You know, everything I said before sure. is scratch it. Um, sure. Because I mean they're they're three touchdown favorites they they should have absolutely no issues with with Louisiana Monroe at all at all but then again I also didn't think they would have any issues with Samford last year and they needed oh, a man. pretty big comeback and to 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 win it so any win will be good for Florida State at this point all right Matt another team that did not have a good first week right down the street here in Tampa the University of South Florida Bulls got just absolutely pounded by Wisconsin 49 to nothing it was a great atmosphere a lot of Wisconsin fans but a near sellout at Raymond James Stadium and they just laid an egg Matt I think early on they had a chance to do some things but Blake Barnett's receivers 
just dropped some big passes. And, and I think when you start like that, Wisconsin sort of got the momentum and wore them down. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody was surprised that Wisconsin won. Wisconsin, you know, the Badgers are a top 20 team. USF, obviously, we know their issues last year. But I think the surprise was how it happened. And you're yeah. right. Maybe if, if some of those uh, drop balls are, are catches and catches and runs, um, you know, potentially touchdowns or scoring drives in there, too, then maybe mm-hmm. it would have turned out a little different. Uh, Wisconsin wouldn't have been rolling as much, and USF would have felt better about themselves and that sort of thing. Um but there's, you know, this USF team, from what I saw, it, I mean, there's some issues. Uh, the, the drops are one thing. Presumably those will get cleaned up. But, I mean, the, the offensive line, the offensive tackles had a, had a rough night. Rough and night, then, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, the defense. Again, Wisconsin's a very good team. Jonathan Taylor, we've talked about him on here before. A top-tier mm. running back, potentially, with you know, a chance to break the NCAA's all-time rushing record. But, they, you know, 49 points is a lot of points. Um, and, and in theory, it, it could have been worse had Wisconsin not called off the dogs a little bit. So, sure. yeah, there's some major issues right now with USF, and you can maybe you you can chalk it up to uh, they played a really tough game in week one and just kind of laid an egg. Um, but to me, that makes this game against Georgia Tech here on Saturday that much mm-hmm. bigger because the Yellow Jackets have a lot of issues. You know, they, they're going from the coaching transition from the, tri- the triple option of Paul Johnson to Whatever it is Jeff Collins is going to want to do in the future, um, just it, it's hard to overstate what a massive transition that is with everything from the offensive line to the quarterback they recruit to the receivers they recruit. So Georgia Tech's going to have some issues. So, And, and this is a time in, here in week two where USF should be able to exploit them. And, and they've got a chance to go on the road to Atlanta to a Power 5 program and come away with, it, with a nice win to kind of to fix things and, and get back on the mend a little bit. Yeah, I'm not ready to say that Charlie Strong's not going to have a, a decent year in the American Athletic Conference, uh, but they're going to have to start running the ball. You know, Kerwin Bell was what I wanted to see. I wanted to see this offense. I wanted to see his imprint on this USF team. And I know when you get behind sometimes and it gets skewed because you're trying to play catch-up a lot. But even early on, they really didn't get the running backs involved the way I thought they would. No, I, I think you're exactly exactly right. You know, some of that could have. I'm curious to see how much of an impact Johnny Ford will make when he returns from from whatever sure. happened there, because he's a guy that they like an awful lot and seems to be kind of the a really nice fit for what Kerwin wants to do. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I was again, I didn't expect a USF win, but I wanted to get a better feel for what is this Kerwin Bell offense going to look like. Give me some sort of semblance of it, and I didn't I didn't come away with a, a particularly strong impression. As bad as those losses were, I think Tennessee is probably the the uh, program that's <laughs> suffering the most right now. My goodness, I mean, how could they could not possibly fall any further? And no offense to Georgia State, congratulations for them. They went up for the for the million dollar massacre and came away with a victory and the million dollars. Yeah, the the Vols they're they're in a world of trouble. I I still might. I mean, I guess it's an interesting question: who's had the worst career so far? Um, at the big school, Willie at, at FSU or Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, you know, Willie, at least we know inherited a lot more talent than, than what sure. Jeremy Pruitt did. And I think everybody kind of thought, especially with just the debacle that the Tennessee coaching search was where the AD ends up getting canned and they bring in Fulmer and they go through like 50 different, uh, head coaching mm-hmm. potential or potential head coaches, including some Greg Schiano guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
for them for Pruitt to you know still be struggling as much as they are, I, I don't have much faith and, and confidence in him being able to turn the corner either. Um. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com um, But yeah, the, the debacle against Georgia State. And really, let's talk about the SEC as a whole, because yeah. it was not very good. Mizzou lost mm. to, to Wyoming. Uh, Kentucky ended up beating Toledo by two scores. And I think Toledo's a, a pretty good MAC team, but... But still, and, and um, Ole Miss lost to Memphis. It was not, aside from you know your your, your Bama and, and Georgia, and you know, if you want to include Florida from from last week beating um, beating Miami in there too, the, the top was really good, and, and then the bottom was 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 pretty bad. Yeah, happy to see Mac uh, Brown get his first win there. Um, you know, uh, back in his uh, his stomping grounds over South Carolina. That was fun to watch. Um, I, I think that uh, I want to get your opinion of, of sort of some of the other things that happened before we move on to this week. How good was Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma, and should we just end the Heisman balloting right now if he's going to score six touchdowns a game there? Yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll damper this down a tiny bit. Uh, Houston's defense is not very good. Um, True. <laughs> but – but yeah, he that was ridiculous. Um, and I, you know, I've covered some some Jalen Hurts games. He's a at Bama. He was a darn good player. I certainly didn't expect that. I mean, he he looked quicker than I remembered, um, mm. and, and he threw the ball very well too. Um, so I mean, Lincoln Riley, goodness gracious! If you're an NFL team, if this continues, I'm backing up not one but two Brinks trucks just. Uh, Give this guy all the money you can possibly give because he knows what he is doing. To go from one transfer quarterback who you know in Baker Mayfield who was a, a walk on, to to another transfer quarterback in Kyler Murray. Now you get another transfer quarterback, and, and you're you know there's been no drop off thus far. I mean it's just absolutely ridiculous what what he's done. And as far as the Heisman, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Spoiler alert: when I do my Heisman watch, he's going to be number one. Um, there, there's still a lot of football to be played. I mean, uh, Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back look pretty yeah. darn good against Georgia Tech. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's I don't know that I'd bet against Hurts right now. He, he was that impressive. And we know Big 12 defenses historically, nah, not, the most, uh, not, not the most stout. So uh, we'll see what he can put out uh, as the season goes on. Not bad. Two Heisman Trophy winners, two number one overall picks. We'll see where Jalen Hurts uh, figures into that. There's a guy in Dallas, by the way, if the Cowboys don't win this year, <laughs> Jason Garrett. I really believe that uh, maybe you'll see uh, an offer coming from that way. Bo Nix did yeah. a nice job for Auburn over Oregon. I like that. That was an exciting game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, some give some credit, I suppose, to or some blame to Oregon for kind of collapsing. It's not the first time they've done that under Mar- Mario Cristobal. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Auburn to me is such a – they're always a fascinating team because they're either going to be really good or really bad, and there's like no in the middle. Um, but credit to you know Gus Malzahn for doing what he did with Bo Nix and kind of playing uh, playing like a guy who, if he gets fired, is going to make his twenty six million or whatever on the way out. Um, 
Auburn's, you know, they've got a ton of talent, particularly on the defensive line. And when you see a true freshman quarterback play the way that he did, you think this can be a very, very good team. And, you know, uh, we'll get a chance to see him and Auburn in person October 5th uh, in Gainesville. And what's looks now looks like an even trickier matchup for the Gators. Matt, the weirdest thing I saw was Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed. <laughs> at, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, like, what, what is it Here, that important? Uh, well, uh, Rick, this is football. This is college football for the <laughs> not just for anybody, Rick. This is college football for the Liberty Flames. I can't yeah. think of a more important thing on the planet. Mm. No, this is this is why I love this stupid sport. Because <laughs> on on one hand, I mean, you you've got and and the whole day you've got you know some some fantastic, well played football, and obviously Auburn, Oregon, these these uh, high pressure matchups. And, and I got to watch Boise and and, and you know a, a group of five. They're not a Cinderella anymore, but they used to be beat up on, on a, a traditional power. Um, but then the, the weird the the story of the night is some guy coaching on a hospital bed, given his. <laughs> post-game interview via skype and there's like the trying to figure out what to do with the coke placement and this is why the sport is is the best i'm sorry i know you're obviously the nfl guy but yeah show me yeah show me show me uh (laughs) show me an nfl coach uh harbaugh or 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 bruce or whoever who's gonna is gonna do something like that and make it that ridiculous no this is why the sport is the best thing ever because you're you're gonna have a, a guy coaching in a hospital bed, and then the the gif of Dino Babers like giving him this salute on the way out. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. It is the greatest sport on the planet. God bless college football. It is like religion, and uh, not to make light of his back injury or whatever has put him in that bed. But uh, you know, Bruce Arians has never finished a year as a head coach without going to the hospital. I hope he didn't get any ideas from Hugh Freeze because we don't want to see that at Raymond James. That's for sure. Um, interesting uh, week, uh, I guess, ahead. You mentioned the USF-Georgia Tech game. That's going to be very big for them. Uh, Florida's not going to have any trouble with Tennessee Martin, but it seems like they haven't played in 100 years. I mean, they were the first game, and <laughs> now they get to play again, right? It is, and as we record on Wednesday, I'm going to be heading up to Gainesville soon to see how uh, the Gators have responded after the hurricanes, uh, plural, because the, the guys from Miami That's and right. then obviously the kind of schedule changes that, that Dorian cause and thankfully dorian didn't cause a whole lot more issues for, for us here um yeah florida is not going to have anything interesting with tennessee martin um he, I, I do have one thing cool about tennessee martin you ready for this yeah I, I don't think i've told this story here before um tennessee martin uh now they're the the skyhawks but years ago they were the pacers um have i told this story yes i remember that no but i remember them being the Pacers. i didn't know they were now well, the skyhawks yeah, yeah. Well, well. Here's here's the story. I'm I'm from Indiana, and my uh, my grandpa actually is from the Martin area and used to live in Martin. So I remember visiting him once when I was a kid, uh, seeing all okay. these signs for for the Pacers around town. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm an Indiana Pacer <laughs> fan. This is this is wonderful. I didn't know there were so many Pacer <laughs> right fans here in, yeah, yeah. in Martin, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, lo and behold, now the University of Tennessee at Martin is <laughs> is in fact the Pacers. Um, okay. And then now they're the Skyhawks. Thus concludes right. anything interesting I have to say about the University of Tennessee at Martin. It's really all you need to know about them, quite frankly. <laughs> Florida, Florida falls for about five or six spots to number eleven, but I think that's probably where they where they should be. Uh, Might have been overranked just a little bit, um, but they settle in there at number eleven. UCF plays for Florida Atlantic. Uh, 
you know, I don't think they're in any trouble with them. They're now up to number 18 in the country. Yeah, I don't think they'll have any trouble with them either. The spread's only like 10 or 11 last I saw, which surprises me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sold on the Knights as a as the top group of five team in the country, but they're still one of the top. But yeah, I, sh- I don't think they're going to have any problem this week. Yeah, some big national games, of course, uh, starting, I think, with Texas A&M plays at number one Clemson. Clemson looked just spectacular, as you might expect. What chance do uh, what chance do they have to go in there, uh, the Aggies, and upset Clemson? Well, Jimbo has been able to to win in Death Valley before, um, but True. this this year I don't. I'm twenty percent. I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's, there, there's a chance because A and M's pretty darn good. You know, I saw a little mm-hmm. bit of their game against the mighty mighty Texas State, um, but no, that offense looks good. Uh, they've got some good players on defense. I think they, there's a chance. But I, I don't. I think Jimbo's a year or two away from being able to compete with a, a Bama or a Clemson. Yeah, we've we've said this, and I think you said it before the season. They may be one of the better teams in the country, but could still lose three games because of of their schedule, four. which is very difficult. four games. Yeah, four. I mean, they, they play Bama, they play yeah. uh, Clemson, they play mm. Georgia, they play mm. Auburn, they play wow. LSU. Um, <laughs> wow. Their their other crossover one is South Carolina, which you know they just lost Jake Bentley at quarterback. But South Carolina, I still think, is a pretty decent team. So I mean, and and Mississippi State, which I, I have still have in my top twenty five. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a brutal schedule where they could be eight and four and still, in theory, be one of the top ten teams in the country. I like this game because I think LSU, if they can get their offense going, and look, they didn't have much of a test in week one, but LSU we know can play defense. Uh, we know Ed Argeron is, is good on both sides of the ball on the, on, the, on the line. They play at number nine, Texas. This could be the game of the week, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I still, I'm still pumping the brakes a little bit on the Longhorns. You know, They, they looked good over uh, Skip Holtz's Louisiana Tech team, but they absolutely should. Uh, I'm still yeah. – Part of my in my head is just last year. Yes, Texas had a fine season. I, I don't want to take anything away from that, but they didn't look great at times, and they had some. You know, they they played down to their opponent a little bit. So I'm right. I'm still I'm still kind of in the prove it mode for me with Texas. But you know, they've got a great quarterback in Sam Ellinger. So seeing him go against an LSU defense that oh, yeah. might be the best in the country or should be one of the best in the country is going to be really interesting. Yeah, that that to me is is the game of the weekend. Uh, Hopefully you get to watch a good chunk of it. LSU has become, I call them linebacker state because they just keep pumping out these guys. And one right here. And the Bucks keep Tampa. drafting them, don't they? Yeah, they well, absolutely. Yeah, everyone they I mean, I look, there are there are two things I would do as an NFL GM and nobody's gonna hire me, but this is what I would do. Every year I would get an offensive lineman from Wisconsin, and every year I would get a linebacker from LSU. <laughs> and the rest okay. of it you guys can have. Um, we'd figure it out after that. But but that that yeah, seems to be the way I would go. Matt, we haven't seen Miami since that Florida game. Uh, they made a pretty good accounting of themselves. But now they go at North Carolina where Mac Brown kind of has the Tar Heels uh, up and going again. <laughs> Who would have thought we would say that, uh, especially yeah. in, in week one, that UNC is up and going with Mac Brown, which I thought was a terrible hire. But, hey, here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is it's certainly, the I think, the, the best game or most high-profile game involving a state team. Um, and, and it might be one of the better games of the weekend for, for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, it's a it, ton of enthusiasm up there. I read the game sold out in Chapel Hill. 
I'm curious yeah. to see how uh, Sam Howell handles it. He's uh, UNC's true freshman quarterback. He was a longtime Florida State commit, but then when uh, FSU, uh, their their offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, left to become the head coach at UMass, things got shaky, and Howell obviously ended up uh, with the Tar Heels in his, his uh, home state. Um, but the other wrinkle to this game, uh, Mac, Mac Brown, of course, was the, the head coach at Texas. That's what m- most of us know him as. But uh, at one point, his defensive coordinator was a guy named Manny Diaz until Mac fired Manny in 2013 when things started going bad. And mm. that we, you know, maybe he thought that would save his job. It did not. Uh, Manny kind of was able to rebound, go to Louisiana Tech, then uh, on Dan Mullen's staff again at Mississippi State and now to Miami where he's the head coach. So uh, I'm, that might, I don't know that it's going to be awkward or anything like that. Um, and, and I'm sure Manny says it's not going to be personal playing against the guy that fired him, but it's going to be a little bit personal, right? Uh, it's always personal when they say it's not personal. Um, uh, the, finally, an, another game that I like, uh, Cincinnati had a big win in week one. They're at Ohio State. I think Ohio State is still Ohio State, but this game's intriguing for a lot of reasons, and, and I think Cincinnati might be maybe the best team in the American Athletic uh, Conference. Yeah, I think I think uh, since he is certainly in the mix there with, with UCF and, and Memphis, um, it looked good in, in week one against uh, Chip Kelly. I don't, I don't know how much of that is on Cincinnati, how Oof. much of that is, is yeah. uh, almost one-time Bucks coach Chip Kelly not getting things done out there in Westwood. Um, but yeah, I think Cincinnati is, is quite good. Veteran uh, running back, returned a lot from a team that won, what, 11 games last year? And then Ohio State, I mean... They, they had no issues in week one against Lane Kiffin. Uh, Justin Fields, all he did was seem to score touchdowns in the first half. Um, the, the former uh, Georgia quarterback, elite, elite recruit. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I think Cincinnati is going to win this one, but I absolutely think it can be it can be close and uh, and entertaining. And we'll see if uh, if the Bearcats have a real fighting chance here. Matt, what do you got coming up on Tampa Bay dot com this weekend? So I have a really cool story um, that I'm looking forward to finishing. Uh, do you remember uh, in 2017 when Jimbo Fisher yelled at a fan, uh, get your you-know-what down here and say that? Sure do. You remember that one? It was kind of viral yeah. moment? Well, uh, the guy who says he did it is a 34-year-old engineer uh, in Orlando named John Stevens, and I talked to him about it. So wow. uh, he was, uh, he you know, told me why he was unhappy, and lo and behold, here we are a couple years later, and he's still uh, pretty frustrated with the program he loves. So that's uh, one I've been working on and chipping away at for a while, and we're and I'm really excited to uh, to finally get that one out here in the next couple of days. Really cool story. You want to look for that on TampaBay.com. He's Matt Baker. He covers college football for us like nobody else uh, on, at the Tampa Bay Times, and joins us each week on this podcast. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a safe trip. All right. Thank you. Always great to catch up with Matt. My thanks to him. Hey, the NFL, it's back. Bump, 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 bump. Kicks off tonight. The Bears playing the Packers. They host them at Soldier Field. It's going to be exciting. We, we are ready for football. It is real. It counts. Uh, we're going to hear from Byron Lefwich, the Bucks' offensive coordinator, and Todd Bowles today, so stay on hand for that as well. We'll have a pr- full preview tomorrow on uh, Sunday's game. Bucks hosting the 49ers at 4 p.m. at Raymond James Stadium. And the Rays open a four-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays. And, folks, I know your electric bill is going up and up. If you want to save 90 to 95% on them now, 
Call my friends at May Electric Solar now, and if you do it, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 